Hey everyone. Over the last few weeks, as our community has been discussing First Peter, we've hit a common theme in how our lives, individually and corporately, stand out from the world. I hope that this has been a fruitful part of your discussions as well, and that your communities are able to see how we stand apart from the world. If, however, your community has awakened to the fact that the lives lived are not all that different, and the love that we display isn't God's agape, unconditional love, then I am praying that this awareness would lead to repentance that we might choose, both personally and collectively, to pursue the things of God above the things of the world. 1 Peter chapters 3 and 4 paint this picture of the church as a group of believers who are living differently from the world. In chapter 4 of the gospel book we're reading through, Ortland describes the church as a new kind of community than what the world knows. And indeed, we are far more than just an affinity group of people. We should be pursuing a radical love that transcends the worldly boundaries of race, age, life season, affinity, and all the rest. The way that we spoke last week, praying for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we look to see the picture of our eternal heavenly community as the model for how we live together. Part of that model is described in Revelation 7-9, where we see a new people formed from every tribe, tongue, and nation, worshiping our great God. Part of that community we see and anticipate in heaven is a regular pursuit of love, unity, brotherly affection. And so I continue to encourage us to pray for that on earth as it is in heaven. Pursuing diversity across lines of race, age, socioeconomic standing is one of the reasons that we, we structure our communities geographically and not by life stage or life season. Now, surely there are merits to life season groups, no doubt, but we're eager to see the bond of unity across these worldly drawn lines so that we might display the profound implications of the gospel. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11 about the church in this way. He says, Of this gospel I was made a minister, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authority, authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. And so the church isn't an afterthought, but something that God planned as a vehicle to display his wisdom. And think about it, who can bring together the Jew and the Gentile, black and white, rich and poor? Jesus Christ! And so I would encourage us to live into this in a few ways. The first is to pursue diversity in every way that you can. Again, lines of race, age, economics, even personalities, social preferences. When we start with a common bond of grace in Christ, we have something much stronger than anything else. And amongst brothers and sisters, we'll always have something to, to start from. And also, for us as leaders in our communities, I'd like to encourage us to encourage the minority groups in our community to persevere and to share with the community their different perspectives. You know, on one hand, if we all share the exact same perspectives, we know we'll never be challenged to grow. We won't have new thoughts. We'll stagnate. 
And you know, it's interesting because we have multiple communities where this is happening. We have some communities where, that are predominantly singles, and we have one couple or family where the couple or family feels somewhat other. And at the exact same time, we have another community that's mostly couples with one or two singles who feel other. And so you, as a leader, can help set the tone in making sure that their voices are part of the conversation and that the value of their perspective is upheld. And then, as we pursue diversity amongst these lines, uh, we'll also see more encouragement as people then grow in diversity, again, across all of those, those lines, race, age, economic standing, so that then the people who are currently feeling other won't be so. On page 72, Ortland provides a framework for our churches and our communities, that they would be places made up of gospel plus safety plus time. You think about the stated purpose of our communities being to build meaningful discipling relationships. We realize we need these three elements. Without a clear understanding and centrality of the gospel, we won't grow in our discipleship or in our relationships with God. Without the safety of trust within a community, we'll never have meaning or substance in our relationships and just remain shallow and superficial. And without time, we know that relationships can't grow. And so as we seek to build meaningful discipling relationships, let's keep this framework in mind, gospel plus space plus time, and let's as leaders set the tone of welcoming and loving one another as Christ has welcomed and loved us, which will then declare to the watching world something of God's manifold wisdom and glory. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your wisdom and the word by which it is known to us. Thank you for adopting us into your family and giving us these relationships with our new brothers and sisters built on the firm foundation of your son, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that our communities would increasingly abide in your ways and thereby cause the world to wonder what it is that makes, it, makes us different. I pray that you would strengthen our communities with the diversity across racial lines, ages, economic status, personalities, gifts, all of the above, Father, and allow us to grow into an image of our heavenly family made up of every tribe, tongue, and nation. Father, I ask that you that all of this would be fueled by the love that we've received from you, sinking deeper into our own hearts, teaching us to love one another. And I pray all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.